Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. All right. So, um, like I said, I have a lot of notes this morning and and all the mornings, um, but we're going to get started. And how many of you have heard me talk about connection in the last few months? Are you tired of it yet? I hope not, because we're just getting started. Okay, so this is um, what I feel like the Lord is pushing us into right now, uh, connection. And if you notice, um, this year we have a lot less um, big out there conference events and a lot more um, family local body events. Um, That is on purpose. And I'm not saying that the conferences won't come and that they're not amazing and we still are going to have them. Um, But, sorry, did you start it? You're good. Awesome. I told him I was going to tell him when and I forgot. So this month, um, so so we're going to really focus on what connection is. Um, And we're going to get really practical um, because I'm a practical person. Um, And I looked up the definition of practical, and it means the actual doing or use of something rather than theories or ideas. Practical. And I have just a funny story. Um, A couple weeks ago, I volunteered down in Harrisburg um, with a a group. And I was working. We were all working. There was a big group of us. And there was this one guy who I kept passing. And he's talking um, to these other two about just the amazing things of God and just, like, awesome, how awesome God is. But he wasn't doing anything else. And so as I'm passing by, you know, lugging cans of paint, I'm thinking, well, he's not my type. Because... (laughs) It doesn't, because I was like, okay, the theories, and I love God, and I love all those things, but I really like it when you do the work, too, the practical. So we're going to get into practical this month, and what it looks like to actually connect. So not just the idea of what connection is, um, but, but what it looks like to do the work, because I don't just believe, I love, love, love my encounter moments with God in church, and our, our worship together, and how you just feel God. I love those moments. But I've always said, I'm not just a, I don't believe in just a Sunday morning God. I believe in the God who's also with you at Thursday at 2. How many of you like know the Thursday at 2? Even working from home, you probably still feel that. It's like, okay, when is this day going to end? He is with us in the little things, in the practical things, the day-to-day, the stuff, the mess, the conflict. He's in all of it, the big and the small. So this month, we're going to learn about things like vulnerability. Excited? We're going to learn about empathy, boundaries, and connecting through conflict, and lots and lots of other things. Um, But today, we're going to lay a foundation first, because every good building needs a foundation. Every building needs a foundation. I believe that's how it works. But um, so the definition of connection, I think this is the only definition I have, because Pastor Joel is the king of definitions, and I just am not as much. But the definition, what? I know. The definition of connection is the action of linking one thing to another thing. It's pretty simple, right? But this definition does imply intentionality. It's an active thing to link one thing with another thing. Now, um, can I get a volunteer? Just real quick. 
Okay, come here. All right, so you just stand here. All right. So sometimes we think, out here, maybe just a tad, sometimes we think that this is connection. Okay, I'm in the same space as her, and I'm, I'm near her. It's proximity, and occasionally we bump into each other, and it's great. We're connected, right? No, because connection is the action. Okay, maybe not a, maybe not a firm embrace, but <laughs> the action of linking to another person, it would be her that would come up because she would full-on bear hug me. But can you just link, link? There we go. All right. So the action of linking to another person is connection. So this is not connection. That's just proximity. That's just being near. But me actually, us, both of us, being intentional to link our lives together, that is what connection is. So as we move forward, now you know the definition of connection. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes, bravo. All right. So it's intentional. It takes work on both parts because I could link my arm to her and she could walk away and unlink hers from, from me. So it, it is both. And we are talking this, this, well, especially today, about when it's both people involved. You can't force connection. But we're talking today about ones that where both sides want to be connected. So um, the word the Bible says, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. So we can't actually love each other without linking our lives in some way to them. Now, some of those connections are not going to be as strong as others. Some are not going to last as long as others. But it has to be an intentional linking with someone else. So that means um, if I go to the grocery store and I strike up a conversation with someone, for that moment, I've linked my life with them. And then it goes on. But the ones, the connections that grow are the ones that are constantly and intentionally poured into that where there's action involved in, on both sides of saying this is what um, it means to be connected. This is what it, it means to link my life with your life. So um, how many of you know our core values? Pop quiz. Go ahead. You can yell them out. I didn't hear the, the one that I need. There we go. Covenant. Okay. Covenant, bravery, and influence. So uh, that's one of our core values. And for this month, I think we could, we could swap it out and say connection, just, um, just like with covenant. But a covenant is a strong and intentional and meaningful connection. So with this house, I made a covenant with this house. And I remember I was laying on the floor somewhere over there. Um, my snot is gone because the carpet has been changed. But that is the general area where that moment happened for me, where I remember laying on that floor and saying, God, I, I will give my life to this house. And I did put a stipulation. I said, but I want a healthy house. So from that very moment, it was important to me that it wasn't just, I wasn't just connecting my life because it seemed like the right thing to do, but it was because the Lord was planting me here. And I said, God, unless you dig my heart up, this is where my heart is planted. And now that moment, I did get through it without crying. That might be a first, uh, maybe because I didn't go into it deeply. But I usually you know, get emotional in that moment because that moment marked me. It was important to me. Um, but that moment was not just a moment that choice to make covenant with this house wasn't just that one choice. That intentional connection meant now I connect my life with this house. 
now my choices, what I do, what I say, what I think, I recognize that my life is linked to you. So that means I'm not going to gossip about you. Why? Because my words affect you. Even if I'm gossiping about Josh, that affects all of you. So there's a hypothetical. So, So I won't do something personally that I know would violate my connection with all of you because I've linked my life with you. So a covenant goes far beyond a moment, and it's a choice that everything that we do affects who we're linked to. And our connections will set the intentions for our lives. I thought that said all of that pretty clearly in one statement. Um, So when we link our lives to another life, our life to another life, it's infinite decisions, infinite choices. So how many of you are married? How many of you would say that marriage requires work? (laughs) Has it always been? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you had that one ready okay <laughs> so yes so with with marriage because that is a, a strong connection that that means there's also conflict and there's mess and you don't get to just walk away from that you have to deal with it why because you're connected because you're linked with that hurt with your spouse. So that's the same of any relationship, whether it's marriage or not, any connected relationship. You don't have the novelty of just walking away when there's mess. You have to deal with it. You have to clean it up. You have to do your part. And we can only do our part. There's two parts involved in every relationship, every connection. But we're responsible to do our work and not just say, well, it's their problem. They're going to have to clean it all up. We both are doing the work. That's what um, forges and, and keeps a strong connection. So, And when either side, either one of the sides, um, decides that they don't want to do the work anymore, the connection will weaken. It doesn't mean it will break, but it will weaken because it, it, always, it has to be cultivated. It has to be intentional. Connection does not grow on its own. So... The world needs to know what this looks like because a lot of times conflict happens. We don't like conflict. It's scary. It reminds us of our past or um, it makes us afraid of our future. And so we just avoid it or we do it really uh, bad. Wow. (laughs) We don't do it well. That's what I meant to say. And so um, we have to show the world what this looks like. And we're given a model in 1 Corinthians 13. Does anybody know what this chapter is? The love chapter. A love that is patient and kind and does not boast or envy. A love that honors and is not self-seeking or easily angered and does not keep records of wrong. A love that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and perseveres. This chapter is a highly practical chapter. And a lot of times we hear it at weddings because that's that first choice to choose each other. But this one is a life chapter. It goes into every decision that we make. Am I living, am I choosing out of love in my connections? And so if you want a jump start in connection, maybe this is more than a jump start, but if you look at a relationship in your life and you start to ask, am I love in this relationship? 
Am I patient? Am I kind? Do I envy? Do I boast? Am I proud? All of those things. If we start to just take one relationship at a time and ask, am I love in this relationship? And then if, if there's any one of those areas where we're not quite at the mark, we just say, Holy Spirit, I am lacking in this area. I'm asking you to help me in this area. And just that alone is going to strengthen your relationship. Just doing that without anything else is going to strengthen your connection because you're intentionally saying, God, am I being love in this particular relationship? And if you want to take it like to the advanced bonus round, go to that person, that relationship, and ask them, am I love in our relationship? Do this with a safe person because, you know, this can get a little, little messy. But Go to them and say, am I this in, in our relationship? And if I'm not, is there something that I can do to help grow this connection because it's important to me? And just doing those things, I promise you, will transform your relationship. So, um, so that's big. That's a big, pretty big assignment. But uh, it's important. Um, now, I do want to say, um, because I think connection for some or this whole topic um, can seem mushy, or like ooey gooey. And I just have to tell you as a precursor that I would not bring you a mushy month worth of messages because I am not a mushy person. So the love languages like we were talking about, physical touch is at the floor on my chart. So like the story I told you earlier, if you want to show, if like you can give me a hug, that's great, that's wonderful, I love you. But um, if you really want to show me that you love me, like do the dishes. Like, do the work, my acts of service people. Yes. So I'm not saying that this has to be all, like, huggy, ooey-gooey, all of that. Some of you need that more than I do. Um, so we have to know each other. But that's not what this is all about. This isn't all about, like, oh, I have to be all over you now. No. In fact, like, I'm a, I'm a very, not only am I an acts of service person, but I'm highly independent on all my personality charts. So I like to be my, myself. And I recognize something in me that I had to check my heart when I was standing in Walmart. Walmart. A couple of months ago, they were doing construction at Walmart, and they were putting in new self-checkouts. But in the process, it looked like they had taken them out. I am a self-checkout person. And so I thought that they had taken them out. And the, what happened inside of me, like I'm standing in line with other people getting legitimately emotional. And I'm standing there going, God, what did I do to deserve this? And I'm just, I know, I'm telling you, this is like, I am a, an independent person. And so I'm standing there like, wow, maybe I need to like work on this. Like, this is pretty bad. But I'm just telling you that because I am not Miss Social. I'm an extreme introvert. I like being by myself. I like doing things by myself. So you don't have to be an extrovert in order to make this work, in order to connect. You don't have to be that super social person. Now, we do have to stretch ourselves, because for me, that might mean, like, I have to actually intentionally be around people more often. And I love people. It's not like I don't love people. I'm not a recluse, but, like, my natural habitat is, like, let me do it myself. So it might mean, if you're more of an introverted person, it might mean you have to be intentional about 
being with the relationships, the building the connections that are important to you. And if you're an extrovert, that may look like just meeting with one person instead of a whole group of people and actually getting to know them one-on-one. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, we have to intentionally connect with other people. So you don't have the luxury or the excuse of just saying, well, that's not who I am. I'm just not a, I'm not a social person. Because it doesn't really matter if you're social. The Bible says that we were created to be connected with one another. So that's really what it's about. It's not about being social. It's not about being all mushy-gushy. So I just needed that to be clear so that I got rid of that excuse. We can't, we can't use that. I'm just not a people person, not a social person. Because I told you I almost cried in the line at Walmart because I am not a social person. So, um, but we were created, actually designed for connection. And so uh, we want to look at the Bible today. In case you don't believe what I have to say, you can't argue with God. So we're going to get him in here. Um, So our faith actually commands us to live a connected life. What are the first two, the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is one sentence. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's one commandment. So our first goal as powerful connectors is to recognize, me first, is that I am valuable, loved, important, and needed. The second half of that coin is to recognize that the people in this room are loved, important, valuable, and needed. It's two sides of the same coin. It's all one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So it's not all about me, and it's not all about you. It's about us being connected. That's a command that we were given. So um, this isn't just a good idea. This was actually what we were created and commanded to do. So Romans 12, 4 through 5 All right, you can read along. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So if you look at that, it's actually impossible to be part of the body of Christ without connection. Because it says we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We were created in, in um, the body of Christ, to be linked together. We all need each other. So to be a Christian in isolation is discounting a critical purpose of what it is to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, say, this is another part, you can say this, and these members do not all have the same function. This is important because sometimes we think what connection means is I have to make you just like me. But that's not what this says. Now, how many of you have ever tried in a relationship of yours to make the other person more like you? Have you ever tried that? Did it work for you? How well did that go? That's not what connection is about. It's not about, I need to make you look like me because I can connect with me. (laughs) Connection is saying, okay, this is who you are, so I need to be intentional about knowing who you are, what it looks like for you to be loved, what you're experiencing, and all those things in me. Now, how can we connect? How can we be intentional about connecting our lives together and doing what's best, not just for me and not just for you, but what's best for us? 
So I thought that was important because that's like a, a real quick tendency is, okay, we're not connected. That must mean you're doing something that I don't like. If we get rid of that and we remember that it's not just about me, it's not just about you, it's about us doing this together, fighting for connection, that's what forms those bonds um, much more than if we would try to do it on our own. Are we okay? We're all okay. Some kind of alert going off back there. Okay. So we have to recognize that we all bring something unique to the table And we're all dependent on each other. So that verse says, we're all linked together. We're all created and dependent upon one another. So it's not about making clones of ourselves, because that would be easy. It would be easy just to say, oh, yeah, of course, we can connect. You're just like me. How many of you, like, you have those people where it's just easy to connect with them because you have so many similarities. You have so many things in common. But how do we connect when those aren't there? So we have to recognize we all need what each other has. All right. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. That's sad. (laughs) We need each other. And sometimes we believe the lie that it's safer by ourselves. But that's not true. We actually need other people in our lives. We need other people's strengths. We need other people's help. As an independent person, I have to learn that. We need each other's help sometimes. Two are better than one. So say, I need other people. It's not weak. It's how it was designed. All right, there's, here's a good one. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And like I said earlier, sometimes when we get that, that conflict zone, we're like, I'm out. I don't like this. Get me out of this connection. But we have to recognize we need each other's sharpening. We need that conflict. We grow in conflict. We grow in the tension of a relationship. It's not just all yes people. No, it's working that out. That's how we grow stronger in connection with each other. So say, I need, nope, I already said that one. Say, turn to somebody next to you. Okay, you don't have to say that part. Thank you. That's what they do in children's church. All right. So are you looking at somebody else? Say, thank you for sharpening me. The other person say, you're welcome. All right, so remember that. It's not a bad thing when we don't get, where we're, we're rubbing against each other in the wrong way. It's building our character. It's one of those things we can say when our blood is boiling. My character is being built right now. That's what we always say, right? So, see, the purpose of the kingdom of God is not to obtain personal enlightenment. It's not all about us. It's an interconnectedness where each one does their part to represent the heart of God. I love this quote from Dr. Caroline Leaf. She said, you are designed to reflect a unique part of the image of God. All right, turn to somebody else and say, I see Jesus in you. All right, all these verses leading us to connection. Okay, Genesis 2.18 
in case you didn't believe it yet. We're going to, this one really gets it home. Okay. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Say, it is not good for me to be alone. So he said, I will make a helper comparable to him. So that's pretty plain, pretty plainly put right there. It is not good for us to be alone. We were designed to be in relationship with other thinking, choosing, feeling people. Not other robots, not other clones. Thinking, choosing, feeling people. And um, I'm, I don't or hate me, I'm not an animal person. But there's a saying, there's a saying that says that a dog is man's best friend. Okay, that's not biblical. Because God created all the animals for Adam. And he says, name them. Live together in this, in this beautiful garden with them. And then he said, no, this is not enough. This is not what I intended in my heart. So then he created woman. And then he says, <laughs> calm down, Raymond. Okay. <laughs> then he says, this is it. This is very good. So we were not just created to just be around other things, other animals, other things. And virtual friends are not enough. This is a big one now because virtual friends can give us the idea that we're connecting. It's pseudo-connection. It's not actually real. I've learned in my life, as somebody who has dealt with anxiety and depression, if I'm in one of those moments, the worst thing that I can do is to go spend a lot of time on social media or and or movies, TV, books, because it's creating pseudo-connection. It's, it's telling my brain, okay, you're doing, you're connecting, but it's not, it doesn't have any of the heart. And so it's not actually meeting the needs, so it leaves you feeling lower. It leaves you feeling more void of that connection because we were created for connection. So I've learned through trial and error that the best thing for me to do is to go talk to someone that I'm in connection with. Go talk to someone that I'm close to. That is the one of, not the best, but one of the best things that I can do to shift myself out of one of those moments is to go connect with someone. Why? Because we were created for that. We were created for that connection. So animals were not enough Virtual friends are not enough. It has to be people. That's when God said, this is very good. All right. So God created separate people who are whole on their own, but need each other in order to create new life. Okay, this obviously is a physical connotation. You need a man and a woman to make a baby. We all know this. I hope you all know this. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to explain anything later. Okay. So... That has a physical connotation, but it also applies to any connected relationship. It takes a connection to create new life. Okay. Now, we're going to do an experiment here that I hope works. You're going to have to get up out of your seat for a moment. Now, I would like every person in the room to take hands with another person. It will not work if there's a gap, so you have to take hands with somebody else. So you're going to have to probably get up. All right. At all, like it has to bridge all the aisles. Sound people, I don't know if you'll be able to uh, participate, but. Okay, now I need one of the ends. Oh, okay, we might have to come out into the aisles. 
Don't you love participation in a message? All right, there's still gaps. So maybe come out, come up front. Maybe come up here so we're not, we have, uh, we're not stretching so far. No, it doesn't have to be a circle. All right, is there anybody? Gary, you got to get in. You got to link hands. Okay, all right, this is a problem. Brianna, are you the end? Come up to me. All right. This is getting complicated. Okay. Is every, every hand in another hand? Wait, what about back here? It, there can't be any gaps at all. This is not working. Okay. <laughs> there has to be a closed circle. Well, not a circle, a closed link. You know what I'm doing. <laughs> this Amanda inspired me into this. Elena, do you have a hand? Okay, who's the who is the end? Add get to Destin or Elena back there. We don't know how to do that. <laughs> this isn't working. Okay. All right. Let's cut it in half. We don't have enough arms to do this. Are we closed? Does every single hand have another hand? Aaron. <laughs> there you go. Just touch. That will work, right? Okay. All right. Now, all of that, because on our own, we are complete. We are whole. Okay? I'm whole all by myself. Okay. Thank you, Amanda, for inspiring. She didn't know I was going to use it, but she showed me this thing. Now you're all awake. Okay. So the, the whole point, now you'll remember. Hopefully you won't just remember how a pain it was to get that figured out. But the point of that is I'm whole on my own. But there's not a life, there's not a power that there could be if I connected with other people. So it's not, about us not, it's not about us needing other people in order to be whole. We're whole on our own. But there is a life, there is a power that happens only when we're in connection with other people. So you saw when that link broke, the power wasn't there. But when it was all there, now there's power that there wasn't, there wasn't one second before we were all linked and all connected. So isn't that cool? All right. Okay. All right. So... You feel better now? Okay. Okay. Now, another thing happened when we were all holding hands. I know it was a little bit chaotic there, but when we were holding hands, do you realize what we were doing? 
We were linking to every gifting, every talent, every calling, every strength, everything in each person. We were linking to that. Now, do you think there's more power in all of us together than in just us on our own? Yes. And I found this study, which was awesome. Another thing, when we were all holding hands, um, this is scientifically, um, holding hands decreases cortisol by making the other person feel content and connected. It sends signals to the person's brain that there is less danger in a perceived threat. This is especially true when you are holding the hand of a loved one. I thought that was pretty awesome. That's science. So when you're holding hands with somebody that you love, when you're having that connection, it's actually telling you, okay, I feel safer. The stress hormones in my brain can calm down. So what am I saying? If you're married, hold hands more, okay? But beyond that, think about it. When we're um, connected to a person that we love, we actually feel safer. We actually feel less stressed when there is that healthy, loving connection as she holds your hand. Very good. Okay, so how many of you want to feel safer? You want to feel less stressed? Okay, connect with somebody else that, that has that connection with you. It actually physically makes a difference, not just, um, not just spiritually or soulishly. All right, now, does every connection look the same? No. Now, you probably could make a list. Well, this might take a long time, but you can make a list if you worked really hard of every person that you know. Now, we know that all of those people, every single one of them, is 100% valuable because they're a human being because God made them. We know that. But you probably could prioritize that list, one to however many, in how close the connection is to you. So not every connection is the same. We have to realize that when we're talking about this, um, because this doesn't apply to everybody. This applies to the connections that you want to strengthen. So the connections that grow are the ones we invest into. So if they're at the top tier of that list, these are the ones we really want to focus on. And we always want to be forming new connections with other people. That's part of the love your neighbor as yourself. But the ones that are going to grow are the ones we actually put intention into. So... We have to recognize that relationship is valuable, important, necessary, and part of our created design. Now, all of this might seem like you already know it, but um, as I've been researching, and you know I care about this topic because I hate research, and I've loved researching this. So as I'm researching connection and what that looks like for us um, socially as well as um, biblically, um, I learned about a couple of things which were really um, eye-openers to me. One of them is that studies, statistics are showing that our current present-day generation, young and old, is the most abstinent generation in recorded history. Now, I saw um, an evangelical headline say, that's awesome, it's working, like, right? Like, our teens aren't having sex. But it's also applying to people who are in committed long-term relationships. And so there's a lot of factors in this, but a big part of it is we're losing our ability to connect in heart. Now, social media, um, technology, um, you know, social climate, all of those things factor into that, which is, it's affecting all of us. We're all involved in technology. We're all involved in um, the busyness of life. But I'm just saying this to say it's actually affecting our ability to connect in heart. And this is being shown statistically. 
Um, I, actually, I also uh, found a professor. Um, I heard about her. She's a professor at a university in New England. I won't say which one, so we don't get into politics. But she um, gave her students, or gives, she's been doing this for a long time, she gives her students an extra credit assignment, and their assignment is to go on a date with someone. And the rules are there can be no physical contact, and you can't use technology. Now, most of the students never do this, and the ones who did found it very difficult. Why? Because it's actually becoming harder for young people and all people to have a face-to-face, heart-to-heart connection with someone without agenda and without, without it being pseudo, without it being a fake connection. It's actually becoming harder for us to do this as people. Isn't that, like, to me, everybody got real quiet, but to me that was just eye-opening that this isn't just like a good idea. This is something we have to be intentional about because we were created for it. And there's something in you that I need. There's something in me that you need. And there's that power, that life that is created when we're connected. We need each other, not just we need it for one another and we need it for ourselves. It's part of who we were designed to be is connected with other people. So now maybe you don't feel like this applies to you. Maybe you feel like um, you don't have a problem connecting. You've been married a long time, whatever. But the fact is, we all have to do this. We all have to push into this. It has to be part of our our priorities in our life is to connect. How can I connect better with the people that I care about, the people that are in my life? It's a skill set that we have to actively develop. It doesn't just happen by accident, which you would think that it would. But all of this is showing, even in culture, it's something we have to actually pursue and be involved in. So... It takes recognizing that we were designed, commanded, and commanded to live connected lives. I already said that. So I told you we're going to get practical. So we're going to get into some practical ways to be better connectors. Now, this applies to new relationships. So if you want to get better, this one would be me. If I'm not great at forming the new connections. I feel like that's not my strong suit. Oh, you're reading ahead. That's okay. Um, so... Um, this could be this also this applies to your new relationships and the ones you've known forever. You think I can't possibly know this person more than I know them right now. This applies to all of us. So, number 1 in our way our practical ways is don't grow familiar with one another. So, sometimes life gets really busy and especially the ones we're already close to, we we just get familiar. We think, okay, that's enough. We think that just because we're in proximity with them, that means we're connected. And that's not what connection is. We can't just say, well, I came to church. I connected. We can't just say, well, we live in the same house. We're connected. No, it actually takes um, getting to know and listening to a person in, a, in an active way, not just bumping, next, bumping into each other. And this does not have to be, don't get scared. This does not have, wives listen. This does not have to be a let's sit down on the couch and get to know each other for three hours. Like, well, yeah, so I'm saying, wives, don't do that to your poor husbands. Unless, my dad's the most social person in our family of six women, so who knows, maybe it's the guy. But, um, so, it's just those little intentional things of, okay, how can I learn this person better? How can I get to know you more? How can I break through that, that thing of familiarity? Maybe you have a routine every day. You get up, you do the same thing. You, you know, hand out the lunches and you, off you go. That's life. That's like normal life. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But just, it's just a little shift in our thinking. Say, okay, am I familiar um, in this relationship? Or is there a way where I can 
can invest into this relationship to break that familiarity and get to know them better, connect better. So um, this, this could just look like gathering information, not in a stalker way. <laughs> gathering information outside of a relationship is stalking. Don't do that. But if you're in relationship with a person, ask them questions. Just, okay, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? What are you loving right now? Just those little questions, just gathering information. That's right there. Right there, you just flipped a connection switch. You're saying, okay, I'm, gather I'm learning about you. I'm, I'm breaking that familiarity. I'm getting to know you better. It can just be those simple things. And now if you've been married for 40 years to the same person, you're going to have to dig a little deeper and ask different questions than if you just met a person. But there's always more to learn. We don't just hit a certain level and stop learning about each other. Or, or we just hit a certain, or a certain level and we stop changing. We're always changing. We're always growing. We're always evolving um, as, as, a, as a person. So we want to continue to go on that journey with a person and not just let it grow familiar. Okay, number two on the practical things we can do is be a celebrator and a validator. And a big way we can do that is by vocalizing gratitude. Now, the vocalizing is a big part. And we all learn from a very young age. What do you say? Thank you. But sometimes we, we just get used to it. Well, yeah, they make the coffee every day. That's what they do. That's their job. <laughs> Shebrews, thank you. <laughs> so, but saying thank you, just vocalizing it in those moments can do a lot. That flips the connection switch. Just expressing gratitude for the little things and the big things. Um, that really can do a lot for growing and deeper connections. Now, if you want to change the atmosphere of a place, so say your workplace is not the most positive, uplifting environment, start being zealously grateful. People will either hate you or they will start to recognize that they like how that feels more than what they were doing before. And they'll start to catch on. Okay, there's something to this. It's a powerful tool to shift atmospheres and to build connections. And I was teaching, this is just a heads up for parents, I've been teaching the kids on the power of our words and how they, they physically have the effect to change an atmosphere. Do you ever see the plant where they speak um, positive, uplifting words over one plant and negative words over another? The negative word plant dies and the other one thrives. So we've been learning about this in children's church. And I told them, I said, guys, this has the power to shift the, the, what it feels like in your home. So I said, even if it's your mom and dad, and they're complaining and being really negative, just say, hey, we've been learning in class about how we can change how it feels in a room. So I said it in a little simpler ways. But they said, oh, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. So I said, tell them to talk to me. You can blame it on me. So they probably maybe never did that. But just a heads up, parents, it was my fault if they do listen and actually do that. But... It's important because they have to recognize, even as little ones, that what they're saying and doing has the power to control what it feels like in a room. If the room is not fun, okay, what can I do? What am I doing that's contributing to this not fun that's happening? And gratitude is one of those ways where we can shift, um, shift the environment. And how many of you know, if there's a tension in an environment, the connection is not thriving. But if there's a healthy, happy environment, connection is going to grow in that atmosphere. 
All right, so another one, another thing that we can do is to listen. We have to prioritize listening and learning. Now, this means do not only connect where it benefits you. So if you ever are talking with a person, and this we all do this, I do this. You're talking to a person, and while you're talking to them, your brain is processing not... Your brain is processing, okay, what are they saying and how does it apply to me? How does it affect me and what am I going to say back to them? And we make that conversation really all about us. Subconsciously we do it. It's not like a bad thing. It's not like, it doesn't have to be an argument where we're, you know, trying to get a comeback. But we do this when we're, when we're having a conversation with someone. It's, it subconsciously becomes all about us. But when we just make that shift and when we're talking to a person, we say, okay, I'm going to intentionally listen to what they're saying. I'm going to listen to what they're saying. I'm going to think of thoughtful questions that I can ask them to get to know what they mean by this. I'm not quite understanding by the words they're using. So what questions can I ask them to help them to connect to me better, or not to connect to me, but to help me connect to them better? So it's just this shift of active listening, not just listening for the ways that it benefits me or the ways that I don't like what they're saying, so I have this comeback ready in the canon for them, but how can I actively listen to what they're saying and ask thoughtful questions so that it it, um, forges connection rather than separating it, making it all about me and all about you over here, but how can we come together in that? So listening is important. Act, it's called active listening. If you want to look it up, there's lots of tips on it. Um, but also, when you listen, be a safe space. So don't be the one who is listening, and then poof, they no longer sh- close their mouth, and you are back at them. Nobody wants to talk to a person who's like that. I'm sorry, they just don't. So if that's the rhythm, if it's just constantly this, okay, I have something to say, and as soon as I shut my mouth, they're going to fire off theirs. That's not great listening. And again, you might do this on your side and the other person is not there yet. This has to be something that is worked on and grown on both sides, but we are responsible for our side of this equation. So we have to do our part in this. All right, so be a safe space. When somebody's talking to you about something personal, don't talk about it with everybody else. We know in this house, we're not a gossip zone. Don't gossip. That's a great way to shut down connection is to talk about someone behind their back or talk about their business with somebody else. Um, Don't discount what they're saying by trying to one-up them. So an example would be a dad comes home from work and they say, man, I just had a really hard day. And the mom goes, did you get pooped on today? Because I don't think your day was that bad, to be honest. That's not what I'm feeling like your day was. So sometimes somebody says something and we're like, wasn't as bad as mine. That does not help connection. That drives connection apart when we're trying to one-up somebody or when we're telling a story and immediately it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened to me and it was so much bigger than what happened to you. We just do this and we, we one-up somebody. That's not how to build connection. And these, these things, we all do them. If you don't, that's great. But as far as I know, we all do these things. There's things that we have to become actively aware of so that we can become actively involved in stopping the things that would drive connection apart and move into what would draw connection together. Um, and another thing we don't want to do is when, when we're listening, we don't want to dismiss their struggle. So we're going to get into empathy in a later week, uh, which really goes into this. But um, when somebody expresses to you what they're going through, the worst thing to do is to say, you're going to be great. 
you'll get over it. That is not listening to what a person is saying. That's not showing empathy. I'm not going to get deep into that because I have a whole week on this topic. Um, but, okay, another thing we can do to um, practice, practice connection is to uh, celebrate and serve one another. So this takes um, intentionality, like it all does. Um, but I could know your birthday, and I'm not just talking about because we have a birthday calendar. It's just a good example. So I could know your birthday by heart, but if I don't put it on the calendar, if I don't put a reminder and set something to do and choose, okay, I'm going to actively remember and remind myself, I'm going to make it a priority on my to-do list to do something for your birthday. That day could pass and I never even say happy birthday. And the knowledge itself did not build any connection. So we want to do intentional things about how to celebrate each other. I know, like, Amanda, you do love notes for your kids' lunches. So little things like that. You don't have, she's amazing, I know. You don't have to do that. But, like, those little things that can just, okay, how can I celebrate a person today? What can I do, not because um, it's a special occasion, but what can I do just to celebrate that person um, in my life? Okay. Um, Oh, another thing is to ask someone, yeah, if you can help them. And um, a lot of us would just say, well, I've got enough going on. But just becoming more aware of how can I help somebody else? What can I practically just ask them? Is there anything I can do to help you? Is there something I can take off your to-do list? Can I, can I do this for you? And it's always good to ask because sometimes we assume we're doing a great thing and we're actually stepping in the way of their routine. So it's good to ask a person um, how we can help how I can help you personally, not just jumping in because we think it's a good idea, but I, it's, it's all about connection. How can I connect to you and ask you what you need, what you need in your life? Maybe they just need somebody to talk to, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be this big, big thing. Um, a little goes a long way. And another thing is to value what another person has to offer. So it's good to ask, um, ask other people how we can help them. It's also good to ask somebody else for help. And, some, and that's not in usury. That's not in taking advantage of a person. It's actually pulling on what they have, what, they, what God has put on the inside of them. It's actually placing a demand on that. And it's actually pulling who they are, who they were created to be out. So, and if they say that they can't help you, that's great too. That's nothing personal on them. But I heard um, a podcast about a family who had moved from a, a middle a middle America or, or middle income home, nice suburban home, and they felt like God called them to move into like the poorest of poor like neighborhoods in their state. And so they did this, and they just kept asking God, how do I love my neighbor? How do we do this? And um, they learned by doing this, because a lot of times we would think, well, in order to serve my neighbor, I need to do things for them. And that's, there's, all, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to do things for each other and get nothing in return. That's good. But they learned that the way they built strongest connections with their neighbors was not um, helping them all the time, but was actually asking them for help. So if she was coming home with her arms loaded with groceries and there was a neighbor walking by, she would say, hey, could you just help me get these in the door? And that person was so happy to help, that created connection. Or if somebody whose car was broken and somebody in the area was a mechanic who had lost their job, they would go and they'd say, hey, I heard that you're really good at this and I'm just strapped right now. Would you be willing to do this? And that built connection. 
So it's not always about um, that one-sided. It's also about asking other people, what can you do? Uh, what can another person do um, to, to use their contribution, to use what God's put on the inside of them, to be a blessing? And that actually creates strong connection. I know Scott is my mechanical connection. And he says it's his ministry, and it is his ministry. It it is him serving out of what God put on the inside of him, what he's practiced for many years. And that, that is a, an amazing way to create connection. Okay, I don't have time. I was going to tell another story, but I can't. Okay. All right. So do we recognize, celebrate, and place a demand on the strengths in our relationships? Oh, okay. It's a real quick example of this. And I am extremely guilty of this. When I, like, I'm a do-it-myself person. So I will, I'm so guilty. I like to do it by myself, but then sometimes it gets too much for me, and I get really overwhelmed, and I, like, the anxiety starts to come up, and I then will immediately start going, why isn't this person helping me? They never help. They're not. What are they even doing? Why? What is their problem? Don't they see? But never once did I ask for help. Never once did I say, hey, could you do this? Could you help me? I'm like totally guilty of this. So this is, if this is you, and what I've learned is when I start to feel that, what is this person even doing with their life? I say, no, 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 no. Have you asked them for help? No. And I would go to that person and say, hey, would you mind just doing that? Oh my gosh, yeah, no problem. I'd love to do that. Like, how can I help you? That's connection. Communication is a huge part in connection. We'll get more into that later. But Sometimes it's just asking for help. One day we were back in children's church and I had this, um, I had Dr. Melody's brain. That's what I have. It's this uh, toy brain, but we like to say it's her brain. It's a brain model. Okay, yes. So I had this and you take it apart and it's not easy to put back together. And so after class, I'm cleaning up my stuff and I had something else to do and I'm getting frustrated with this brain. And I said, someone, can someone just go get Connor? Connor's, I don't know, 10. He's one of the kids in the class. So can somebody just go get Connor? Connor comes in. He said, hey, bud, would you mind just putting this together for me? Here you go. I saved myself a lot of frustration by just saying, hey, you're good at this. Would you mind? So sometimes it's just recognizing what is somebody good at and then pulling on what they have to give. And that, I promise you, will grow connection between you and that other person. As long as it's done in a pure heart, go for it. And if they can't, they can't. The whole thing wasn't to get what, what, it wasn't self-serving. It was just forming connection. The motive was pure. So ask your kids for help, which I know you probably do. Um, Ask your neighbors for help. Ask other people in your life, what what does this person have that I'm either not recognizing or not pulling on um, in big ways or small ways? Okay, and in closing, um, Romans 12, I'm going to read verse 9 through 10 and verses 15 through 16. This whole part um, in Romans 12 is kind of my core, my theme verse for this whole month. So if you want to read it, you can. The header in the um, Bible of this part is called Transformed Relationships. And another version, it says, behave like a Christian. So starting in verse 9, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. 
Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Then jumping to verse 15. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are of your own. So it's love your neighbor as yourself. We were designed for powerful connection. And before we leave every week this month, well, at least my weeks, I don't know if Pastor Joel will do this, I'm going to give homework. Because why? Practical. So the easy homework. This is the easy version. Before, no, no excuses. Okay. Before you leave today, ask three people something about themselves. So this would be that not growing familiar. This would be the um, learning about the people in our lives. So it could be as simple as what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite movie? It can be that basic. Just three questions. So find somebody before you leave and ask them these three questions. Okay. You can do with what that information you, you can keep it at that just simply gathering information, or if you really want to forge connection, maybe that information is an insight on how you can bless that person. All right, if you want to take it a step deeper, this is the, the moderate version of the homework. When you get home, express some form of gratitude to every person you live with. If you live alone, find someone you can connect with and show them gratitude or someone you're close to. Okay. Now, this would be, um, if you really want to be moderate about it, you don't just do this today. You do this every day this week. So when you come back at the end of the week, you should have done, you should have communicated gratitude in simplest form, doesn't matter, to every person that you live with, okay? And I will not be um, asking for feedback. This is all for your own doing. So you're accountable to yourself or to the people you live with because they're going to know if you're following through or not. Um, The hard version of the homework for this week is, this week, choose someone you're really close with and ask them what God is speaking to them in their life right now. So I said this is a more advanced version. Okay. We can connect on, on surface ways, and that's good. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of that, we aren't just connecting with who a person is right now, but with the total package of who God created them to be. So these connections where, we ask, where the Holy Spirit is a part of it and we're sharing what God is doing in our lives, those connections don't just create healthy relationships with what, which we want, but they transform the world. All right, I know, ending on a big, big sentence there. Okay, so say, I am a powerful person. I was created for powerful connection. All right, Father, I just thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that we were designed for connection, God, and that you've put us um, in a place where we have healthy people around us that we can connect to. And Father, I just thank you that as we're going out, as we leave, Father, that this would become a very practical topic in our life that would actually cause um, would would actually cause transformation, not just um, inside of us, but in our relationships in a strong and healthy way. So, Amen.